Let's take a moment and pray. Father, thank you so much for this opportunity now to study your word. We do open up our hearts to hear from heaven, to receive from you those things that are right and necessary for this time. Thank you for utterance in this Holy Ghost and boldness to speak your word now in Jesus' name. Amen. We've been in a series, as many of you are aware, called The Making of a Marriage. And uh, guys, you got light problems up here, okay? And uh, The Making of a Marriage. And so uh, I want to continue along those lines today, probably going to finish up. I have more to say, but it seems like... We need to say something different here real soon. Uh, but last week, you might recall, we were speaking of things uh, pertaining to the roles of men and women in marriage and how men and women are not the same and their assignments are not the same, their, uh, their place is not the same, and we should recognize the difference in what the Bible has to say about that. You might also recall that at the end of each list, I, I said that there are four things for men and four things for women. Number four on each of those lists were, was this, that you should meet the marital needs of your spouse. But then I said, I'm not telling you what those needs are, but I'm going to tell you next week. And here we are. It's next week. You thought it never would come, huh? It's <laughs> so far away. And here we are, <laughs> and the truth is going to be revealed to you now. All right, here we go. I want to talk to you today about his marital needs and her marital needs, and I'm going to start off with his marital needs. Now, in both of these cases, the way I'm presenting this to you is in three parts, and that's because we are a three-part being. We are spirit, soul, and body, all right? There are spiritual needs, there are soulish needs, and there are physical needs in both parts of the marriage and like I said before let me remind you again because of human nature because of the flesh uh, guys focus on what your wife needs wives focus on what your husband needs and uh, then you'll be most successful as opposed to focusing on what they owe you and making sure they remember it bless God <laughs> I'm taking notes today for my wife. Uh, I'm taking notes for my husband. <laughs> and so, uh, again, spirit, soul, and body. Remember, the Scripture tells us that we are spirit, soul, and body. Our spirits are the eternal part of us, the part that's born again. Uh, our soul is our mind, will, and emotions. And our body is pretty much obvious what that is. And so let's talk about these things in this regard, starting with his marital needs. If you want to write these things down, one, two, and three, and then put your A's and B's under each uh, part of the trichotomy, okay? Uh, first of all, A... Uh, and, that, and that is uh, under his needs spirit is he needs wives, he needs from you, he needs prayer. He needs prayer. Why, why, do, why does he need prayer? Well, as I've studied the scripture, any leader needs to be prayed for. I mean, you would think if a person just acted on the word and knew what was right, they could just handle stuff. But I think about Paul the apostle. He said in Ephesians uh, chapter 6, pray for me. He said, pray for all this stuff. He said, and pray for me. Well, why did Paul need prayer? I mean, dude, you've been to heaven, man. I mean, you've got revelation. You've got understanding. Can't you just act on the word? Apparently, prayer is necessary for those who are in leadership. And if a man is acting as the head of his home, 
he also then needs prayer from his wife. Remember 1 Timothy 2? We're taught to pray for all men, but especially for kings and all who are in authority. Those who hold high position, those who have responsibility, need to be prayed for. And I know some of you wives, you already know this before I even say it. You, you probably tell me, my husband needs a ton of prayer. And, uh, well, instead of just talking about it and expressing his need, <laughs> I would encourage you to actually pray for him. Pray for him that he'll be strengthened, that he'll have wisdom, that he will be able to uh, fulfill his role in your marriage and in the place that God has called him to. Okay? And so... Again, very important that he gets prayer. Secondly here, this would be B, he needs you to be strong spiritually. If your husband is a good leader, if you've been praying for him, and therefore he is, uh, if he is a strong leader in the home, he needs you to be strong as well. What happens sometimes, and this can happen both ways, I understand, but what happens sometimes is if one person is really strong, spiritually and the other person is a spiritual doorknob and they're not just carrying the weight at all they're not doing anything to keep the spiritual uh, water table up in the home that it's a drain on the other person I mean if physically if my wife were to jump on my back I could cart her around for a while okay but no matter how strong I am pretty strong uh, (laughs) I would get tired And I can only go so far, and I would wear out. However, if she can walk next to me, we can go a long, long time, all right? When it comes spiritually, though, oftentimes we got homes where one person is doing all the spiritual work. They're the ones in prayer and in the Word and being faithful and and, and walking with the Lord. They have spiritual strength, and they're carrying the weight of the kids and everything else. We need uh, wives to... Uh, if, th- if this is the case, if your husband is spiritually strong and being the godly leader, don't just coast because you think, oh, good, I'm sure glad I have a real strong man, real godly husband. Make sure you are a prayer. Make sure you are one who is able to stand and fight the good fight of faith and not, not think, well, you know, the kids, all, their healing and all is rest- resting upon his faith or something like that. No, no, takes two. Amen. Think about this. Uh, There is in uh, Matthew chapter 18, Jesus talked about a prayer called agreement, the prayer of agreement. How many know you can't pray the prayer of agreement unless you have two people, at least two people? And one of the best combinations there is a husband and a wife who can pray together. But how many understand also that if one person believes in, in in what you're trusting for, I believe I receive, and the other person says, oh, Lord, what are we going to do? That's not a prayer of agreement. And, and, and if, if both people are not walking in some spiritual strength and understanding and wisdom, you can never pray a prayer like that. We've prayed prayers like that together and seen things happen, seen things come to pass because we agreed and bam, you get it. But if only one person is on, is on board there, you might as well pray prayer of faith all by yourself because there's no agreement in the home concerning that and it can't happen. All right, secondly is the soul. Here we go. Soul, letter A, the first thing here is support. What, what, what does uh, your husband need from you wives? He needs support. Genesis 2.18 says, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make a helper comparable to him. All right, so the wife is called a comparable 
helper to her husband. And in, in, when I'm speaking of support, I'm speaking specifically now in this regard of encouragement. He needs your, to be supported with encouragement. You are a compliment to him. You make him better. So compliment him. Encourage him. Make him better. There's something inside of men typically that wants to be successful. Men want to succeed. They don't want to be a failure. They don't want to be a failure on the job or in whatever pursuits and goals they have in life. They want to succeed. And wives, you can be a great asset or a great hindrance. You can be a great asset by encouraging him. What are you to do? You're to help him. Help him what? Help him be successful. Help him believe that he can. Be an addition to his faith and not a subtraction. When he, if he's facing a struggle or a battle, say, you can do it. You can overcome. You're going to make it. You've done it time and time before, and you're going to do it again. You're going to have success. And that will help tremendously in his ability to succeed. He needs your support. I draw this point again that I brought out before. If man didn't need help, woman wouldn't be created. He needed your help. And so value and treasure that place and help him be a success through your encouragement. B, he needs friendship. I want you to look over at Titus chapter 2 with me. Titus chapter 2. Run into 1 Timothy. Keep going. Find 2 Timothy. Keep going. Find uh, Titus chapter 2. And verse 4, it says, speaking to older women, says that they admonish the young women to love their husbands. They admonish the young women to do what? To love their husbands. Now, it might be first inclination to think, well, he's talking about, you know, selflessness. He's talking about the love of God. Uh, but actually, that's not what he's referring to here. Many of us are aware that our single word, love, is translated oftentimes from various Greek words that meant love of different sorts. The one we're most familiar with probably is the word agape because that's the God kind of love. It's Jesus on the cross kind of love for us dying for our sins and that's how we're all to relate one to another. However, this word is not the word agape. He's not telling, telling her to just uh, lay your life down for your husband. It's, it's the word phileo. All right, which has to do with friendship. It has to do with uh, some definitions to be friendly, to wish him well, an associate, a companion. One of the things that a husband needs from his wife is a friend, is a companion, someone to be with him, someone to do things with, to laugh it up over. Uh, it's not speaking about love in a in a sexual sense, it's not speaking of just the common, you know, the love of God. It's, again, specifically talking about a friendship type of love, and he needs that from you, okay? The third thing here is, is letter C, respect, is respect. What does he need in his soul realm from you? He needs to be respected. You might recall we've, we've read Ephesians 5.33 that says, let the wife see that she respects her husband. What can happen oftentimes is that a husband will go to work and he'll 
work on the job and he'll do a great job and he'll be accomplishing things that he sets his hand to and all those around him appreciate him and they show him support and respect for the job that he does and the effort that he puts into this but he works all day gets pats on the back comes home and only hears about what's wrong only hears about what's negative only hears about what he hasn't done and what's all falling apart and that can create a real problem for him emotionally I go to work, everybody respects me, I go home, and nobody gives a rip about the things that I do and the effort that I put towards this. And wives, let me encourage you, respect your husbands. He needs it from you. Why do I say he needs it? You're told to give it. You're not told to give him something he doesn't need. Hmm? I don't need bananas. Just don't. Don't give me any. God would never tell you to give me a banana. Might tell you to give me an apple or an orange, but he knows that I don't need bananas. <laughs> he was not going to tell a wife to res- give her husband respect if there wasn't something in him that said, I need that from you. I need to be respected. And of course, we've shared this already, but, but he doesn't deserve respect. He's a, he's a jerk. He's a this. He's, or he's lacking in this and this and this area. You've got to do it by faith. You've got to treat him at the level you want him to be at. You want him to be a 10 as far as respect, deserving, and earning. Treat him like he's already there. And you'll find it'll elevate his life. It'll make him a better person. It'll, it'll increase his love and appreciation for you because you're filling a need. You're filling in him something that he needs from his wife. And don't let that need be met somewhere else. Don't even let, give an opportunity for that need to be met by some other, some, something else with legs. Know what I'm talking about? Don't just stare at me like you don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Amen. Here we go, number three. Spirit, soul, and body. What does he need from you, wives? A, he needs an attractive wife. Your husband needs an attractive wife. You look at the type over in Ephesians chapter 5, again, we see that the, hu- the husband is compared to Christ and the wife is compared to the church. And we see that the Lord, He is going to present at some point in the future here, He is going to present the church to Himself as a glorious church without spot and without wrinkle. The picture that the, lo- that the Lord gives us of what we are to be as, quote, a bride to Him is not some scraggly, messed up church. Some church has not been taken very well, been taken care of very well, but spotless, glorious, shiny and smooth, and and everything's looking good. And this is what a husband wants in a wife. He does. Husbands want their wife to be attractive. And it should never be minimized by by any woman to think, well, that stuff doesn't really matter. He's got a good heart. He's also got good eyes. And he didn't just marry you for your heart. As long as I'm good on the inside. No, inside's very, very important. But the inside has got to shine through. And what you look like really makes a big, big difference. I'm not saying by this that women don't want an attractive husband. That women don't care how their husbands look. They do. But I will tell you this. Men care more. 
men are more moved by the appearance of their wife than wives are typically moved by the, the appearance of their husbands. They really care about these things. We had uh, this discussion many, many years ago, probably before we were married, but, um, and it was never a problem. I, we just had the discussion. It was never anything Amy had to change. But, uh, but I said, you know, I don't really want an Idaho farm wife. Now, I grew up on the dairy. She grew up on the farm. We're not against farm wives. <laughs> but here's what that meant. Okay, here's what I was referring to, what we were talking about, is the kind of person, the kind, I wasn't interested in the kind of wife who never fixed herself up, who looked like she just came out of the barn. She might be a natural, you know, she might have attractive features and everything else, but when she shows up at Walmart in her slippers, <laughs> that's not what I'm looking for. <laughs> that's not what I'm interested in. And uh, when every time she, you know, would go out of the house, and again, not her, she didn't do this, but the, the Idaho farm wife. That's, that's, that's my term, because when I moved to Idaho and, and have, been, have been here many, many years, uh, I see more of that than I saw in the city, okay? And, of course, we didn't always live in Boise. It's a, you know, decent-sized city here. But you still see it. Go to Walmart. <laughs> Women who don't really care about what their appearance, at least that's what they're communicating, Okay, and I just think, eh, wives understand this. When you look good, he feels good. When you look good, he looks good. He feels better about being with you, taking you places when you will fix yourself up. And if you want to wear your sweats everywhere, if he really likes that, fine. But, you know, a lot of guys don't. They want, they want you on his arm looking your best, looking the best you can look. And that communicates a lot of things, okay? When we talk about uh, doing, doing things that are just out, when you go out, I, I'm not excluding the home. You know, I'm not, I'm not actually giving you permission and saying, well, when, when you go out, fix yourself up, put some makeup on and do your hair and get some nice clothes on and look sharp. But when you're in a home, just look like a slob. Look like last year's bird's nest and just walk around. And some think, well, what does it matter? I mean, nobody's here. Uh, there was a time when you would have considered your husband to be someone <laughs> who was there. There was a time probably prior to the wedding where you wouldn't let him see you without being all fixed up. And now you've gone, and I realize you're, you're married, you're going to see each other at less than your best but now people go to the other extreme and it's like well you know this is just the way I am that's not what he was into this for all right he wants you to look good at home look good why because he's there look good for him amen and, and this would be of note because uh, I heard someone say this over 20 years ago it's always stuck with me wives the worse you look to your husband, the better all the other women look. What does that mean? That means men are men. They can be tempted. They still have flesh. No, not my husband. He's spiritual. He's, he prays. He prays in tongues. He's, he loves God. He's committed to me. And he still has flesh and can still be tempted in those areas. You can greatly minimize that. By looking your best, 
when you look and you hot and you've got it going on, why bother looking at anything else? Amen. I don't need to go out to the restaurant. I got some good cooking at home. <laughs> Amen. I remember. Well, let me just say it this way. Why is it so often, and I've seen this a number of times, where right after the divorce, that's when the woman gets the gym membership and starts taking care of herself. Maybe because she's back on the market, needs to win someone else over, get him hooked with a ring before she turns into the... I wasn't going to say that. Before she turns into the Idaho farm wife. Uh, but that's how it happens often. And listen, I understand. Part of that, man, it's the flesh, nature. We've conquered. We've done our thing. And both husband and wife at times just go, and they no longer give the effort that they gave initially. But wives need to understand how this particular issue is very, very important. I remember being at a store one time to check out, and the lady there was, was talking. I was just overhearing. She wasn't hiding anything, so I wasn't eavesdropping, but just talking about how her husband had just left her. And uh, you have to understand what I'm saying here because I, I am compassionate and I want to help people and what I'm about to say might think that I'm just really hard, okay? So I, I fixed it by telling you I'm not. <laughs> but here's what, and I didn't get involved with this. This is not my conversation. But here's what my thought was, okay? Because I looked at this woman whose husband just left her and she was a mess, not because her husband left her. She just didn't take care of herself. And I thought, hmm, you wonder why? I'm not saying I know all the details. I don't. But I'm saying there was one thing in her life that was severely lacking. She didn't recognize that her husband was desirous of an attractive wife for her to take care of herself physically. That's real, real important to men. And so, wives, you do yourself well to give it consideration. You know, there's a scripture in Proverbs chapter 5. And verse 19 that says, let her breasts satisfy thee at all times. <laughs> that was a Bible verse, by the way. Breasts satisfy thee what is up with that it's something about the way men are created it doesn't make logical sense but they sure do something for him what do you mean they I mean both of them I'm just quoting the Bible here today you know what I'm talking about he draws satisfaction from the female shape the female body. I have never run into a scripture that instructs the woman to find satisfaction with any part of the male anatomy. Why is that? That's not typically what she's driven by. There are other things that are much higher on her priority list than you know. <laughs> Stuff. But with men, that's right there at the top. 
I I'm tempted to tell a joke here. <laughs> it, it is in context. Anyway, there were these three guys. No, no, actually, there's just one guy. And there were these three ladies he was interested in. He wanted to get married. He had these three particular ladies in mind. And uh, uh, so he sought advice from a friend. He said, you know, these three girls here, you know, I'm wanting to get married. Help me decide. Which one should I really, you know, commit to and, and pursue a relationship with? He said, well... Give them each a thousand dollars and see what they do with it. He said, "All right." And uh, so the first one, she went out, took the thousand dollars, and bought herself all kinds of clothes and nice stuff. And she really looked sharp. She really just went out and had a shopping spree. And and the second one, uh, what she did is she bought. Uh, a bunch of stuff for him. Hardly spent anything on herself, but would lavished him with gifts right back. And the third one, what she did, she gave a bunch of it away. Uh, you know, she, she gave it away to those who had need. And, uh, and then she spent a little bit on her and a little bit on him. And uh, which one did he marry? The one with the big boobs. I shouldn't have said boobs, huh? <laughs> That's not a bad word. <laughs> I, I, was, I was with a guy on a golf course, and I told that, and, he, and I said, I would never tell that in church. <laughs> I said, I'd tell it at the man camp, but I don't think I could ever tell that one in church, but too late. <laughs> Don't tell anyone I said that. <laughs> but it does illustrate a point. We are, we are quoting the Bible here. I mean, I got to hurry up so we can get on to the other side of this. Uh, secondly, under body here is sex. You knew that was coming. But what does he need? What does a man need from his wife in relationship to the physical body? He needs sex. Look at 2 Corinthians. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 7, real quick. 1 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 3. It says, Let the husband render to his wife the affection due her, and likewise also the wife to her husband. The wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does, and likewise the husband does not have authority over his own body, but the wife does. Husbands need sex. I'm not saying wives don't. In fact, that's in your list too, but... Uh, uh, husbands need this, and it's a really high priority with them, okay? And uh, I don't think anyone should um, ever minimize the need and say, well, you know, we're more spiritual than that. They had that problem in their day. They, they thought at one point that all sexual relationship was, was bad because there was so much prostitution and stuff, and they would get married and they would abstain, and Paul wrote to him and said, no, you don't. He said, you don't, you're opening yourself up to temptation, and this marriage has got to have a sexual component. Listen, any man, any husband that doesn't have a good sexual relationship with his wife, I'm telling you, he says this is a bad marriage. 
You might be good friends. You might have a lot of other things going on. But if you don't have that, it's a bad marriage in his mind. That's something he needs from you. Okay, friendship, that's in the list. It's important. It's valuable. But I can tell you this. I had friends before I was married. But I didn't have this. Huh? Friends, for me, in my life, weren't enough. I needed more out of a friend, and that is I needed a wife. And this is very important, and so never, ever, I'm not going into great detail on that, thank you, Lord. Uh, 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 But never, ever minimize the value of a really great sex life. Amen. Some people are just really sad. They're really depressed, have problems at work, got problems with all kinds of things. I've got some advice for you. Go home and have sex. (laughs) It'll make everything better. All right, here we go. Her marital needs. Her marital needs. Again, spirit, soul, and body. She needs, man, she needs this from you. Letter A, she needs leadership. She needs you to be a godly leader. Needs to be a need to be the man in spiritual things. You need to be the kind of person who can pray, who can hear from God. Don't let your wife be the only one who carries a Bible to church. You just stare there, sit there like a bump on a log. And I know I'm I'm just I know I step on toes, and people feel well. You're talking right at me. That's kind of embarrassing. Well, just shape up then. I'm telling you, it'll do your family so much good. It'll do your wife so much good if you will be a man in spiritual things. If you will be the one who will stand up for for what God has provided when sickness attacks your family, when financial troubles are there, when you be the one to stand up and say, we are going to believe God and it's going to be exactly as He told us. We are not going under, we're going over. And you be the one to lead in these regards. She'll appreciate that so much. She'll, she'll, it, it, so many things will come into place in her life uh, and in your family when you take the leadership. I, I recall uh, a year ago, we had a guest minister, and he brought some statistics out that I don't have the exact stats on now, but uh, just really drew my attention to this uh, subject. The stats that he had were somewhat like this, that when a woman gets saved, you've got a family and, you know, you know, the immediate family and extended family, when a woman in that family gets saved, gives her heart to the Lord, something like 13% of the rest of the family will also follow her in and get saved, give their lives to the Lord. He said, the stat showed this, when a man gets saved, over 90% of the family will follow him in and also give their lives to the Lord. That was shocking when I heard that. I thought, I knew that there was a lot of influence in men, but guys, we don't sometimes recognize and realize the power that God has placed in us. Man, when you live for Him, when you take the lead, when you stand up for righteousness, you are going to influence a whole lot of people. And when you will do that, I tell you what, it'll fulfill a need. There will be people in heaven from your family because you stood up and said, I'm a, I'm a Christian, I'm not ashamed, I'm going to live for God, I'm going to live it out loud, and I'm going to live a bold life. Not only will your wife appreciate it, but you'll have so many others that will be influenced by your stand and, and by your decision. Okay? The second thing here has to do with stability. What does your wife need from you, husbands? She needs stability. Uh, It seems in my experience 
um, that women oftentimes can be more sensitive to spiritual things than men are. There, there can be a time when, when a man and a woman are praying, she's getting stuff from God, and he thinks it thundered. You know, God's speaking to her, and he just... <laughs> He doesn't know what's going on. It seems that more often women are quicker to pick up on stuff. I'm not talking 100% of the time, but more frequently. And that can be a real positive thing, real po- positive element about uh, women I- in the marriage relationship. However, I've also witnessed this. Nobody take offense to this. I'm not calling you this. But I've also seen at the same time women can, be, can tend to be given more towards flakiness as well. They're more quick. And Amy will tell you the same thing. This is not some male thing saying, this is just what I think. I'm an anti-woman person. No, whatever. Got three of them in my house. (laughs) Uh, um, But they can also be given towards more flakiness. The thing I've witnessed in church since I've been in ministry over the last 20 years is that the people that were the strangest, the most weird were usually women whose husbands did not serve God. They were lacking something that brought a stability and a stableness to their life and their Christian life. They're often the ones that get off into, and it's just strange. How many know those kind of people don't help build the church? Strange people. Weird people. Because... People from the world come in, maybe some here today. I don't know if you saw anything goofy or what, but, uh, but people who don't know the Lord come in and think, what in the world is that? I mean, are these people on drugs or what's going on? And, uh, and something strange about that. But this is where a man, when he takes leadership in the home, when he takes his position to bring stability, it really helps his wife. Husbands, she needs this from you. Secondly, Secondly is the soul. I'm going to try to speed up here a little bit if I can. The soul realm, first of all, A, what does she need? She needs understanding. She needs understanding. Uh, uh, we gave you the scripture last week, 1 Peter 3, 7. says, dwell with them with understanding. Husbands, your wife needs you to understand her. And we would not be told to dwell with understanding if there was not something in her of that shape that you're supposed to fill. If there was not some kind of need in her life for you to understand her. Amen. I've heard studies. I I can't, this is not Bible verses or anything. I've heard studies that said women speak 25,000 words per day. And men speak 12,000 words per day. And that's why sometimes men have an issue with this. We just don't want to talk that much. Well, what's real important is that you listen that much and you don't uh, take away anything from uh, uh, the value that you can gain by understanding your wives and listening to them. Very important. Dwell with understanding. B, what does she need from you? She needs affection. She needs affection. Women are more consciously aware of their need for affection, typically, than men are. Okay? Romans 12.10 says, be kindly affectionate one to another. And when I say affection, I'm not speaking of 
sex here. Not speaking of, men, uh, some men say, yeah, I'm going to show her some affection, yeah, and uh, let's go, baby. That's not what we're talking about, <laughs> okay? This is a different type. This is emotional. This is affection that she needs from you, but it should be, uh, it should be said that men are to be well advised not to minimize that. If it's something that you don't place a high priority on, uh, your wife does, and you might think about it this way, a woman without affection is like a man without sex. Think about what that would be like. Huh. How fun would that be, guys? Well, what's your wife dealing with? Oftentimes, she's not getting some one of the things that she wants the most because, you know, how important is that? Well, the question is how important is it to her? And if you understand her, then you'll recognize that. See? She wants to be valued. She needs to be valued. She needs this from you. Again, the same scripture, 1 Peter 3, 7, says give honor to the wife. What am I talking about? Honoring her, esteeming her, considering her of high value. How much is your wife worth to you? Say, my wife's worth a lot. Well, does she know it? Or does she feel like with you it could be take it or leave it? You could live with her, you could live without her, you could, uh, you know, just as soon be on your own as with her. Is that what's communicated to her? Because that's not what you want to communicate. Too often, men don't realize what they have until it's too late. Sometimes till after a marriage is over, after things are too far gone, and they go, ah, oh, dummy, dummy, I don't recognize I wish I would have told her how important she was to me. I wish she would have recognized how valuable she is in my life. And now it's too late. Now I've blown it. And they've given up something of high value. How, how do we know how valuable we are to the Lord? Do you know how we know? Because of the price He paid for us. I know I am highly valued by the Lord. He really likes me a lot. How do I know? He gave His only Son to die for me, spilled His own blood so that I could have an eternal relationship with Him. That's a high price. Sometimes, maybe that's what it takes. Ladies probably like this one. Spend some money on her. <laughs> let her know how valuable, and there's other ways, of course, but let her know how valuable she is in your life, and that will uh, communicate something very precious to her and don't let it be too late D what does she need in her soul she needs security women are looking for security Genesis 2.15 again says then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and keep it he created a place gave her a home and this is something that's often highly valued by women to feel safe to feel provided for. Again, we look at the type of Christ in the church. He is our provider. He is our protector. He is there to stand and keep us safe at all times. What does that give, give us? It gives us great security. It gives us great peace in the midst of whatever's happening. And that's what a wife needs for her, from her husband. He's going to be there to keep things safe. He's going to be there to protect and to guard, going to kick the devil out, going to knock out anything that's going to try to get between us and cause harm to our family. A man can do that. Sometimes in, in natural things, it can be settling, you know, 
buying a home and uh, getting established where she can have roots and, and feel like this is our domain, this is our place. To many, many women, that is of high value. And so husbands would be wise to take note of that. And then the third area, we're into the body. Okay, spirit, soul, and body. First of all, I want to give you two things here, uh, somewhat related but not directly. And uh, I'll just make mention of this in, in because we just to save time. But 1 Corinthians chapter 7, again in verse 1, uh, says that it is good for a man not to touch a woman. All right, the first thing she needs is touch. Now what he's talking about here, because he goes on to say, let each one have his own, get his own wife and so forth. And so he's talking about a single person. It's good for a single person not to touch a woman. That's good advice, even if you just leave it right in the English like we have it. Single guys, stop touching. But specifically, he's not talking about, you know, necessarily a hand or, or, or something like that. It's talking about a type of touch that ignites the fire of passion in her. It's talking about a type of touch that really goes on if you go into the context. It's talking about sexual intercourse. But men would be wise to recognize that the way um, a woman is touched can oftentimes be different than what he wants. And the touch is not always sexual in nature that he need that, that she wants. But I think some guys don't really think about it. I mean... I don't know, come in from work and sweaty and scruffy and stinky and, and uh, just kind of don't recognize the delicate person oftentimes their wives are and how they don't really want to be touched by that. <laughs> Can you say shower? <laughs> Can you say shave? Can you say be considerate of what she would be interested in and what would be a turn off to her in any way and of course that goes back to understanding your wife but it has to do with find the kind of touch that ignites something in her find the kind of touch that really is meaningful and communicates your love and affection towards her and then B is and this is the last point here and I want you to uh, turn to Proverbs 5 and B is sex all right the scripture back in first corinthians 7 again uses the same language towards both the husband and the wife in regards to giving them their their due uh, affection their due benevolence in in the in regards to the physical relationship it is something that both husband and wife need from each other However, if we just stop there, and I'm not going into huge detail, but if we are to just stop there, I think oftentimes guys fall short of understanding the difference between male and female, not physically, but emotionally, and how they respond to different things. Um, uh, Proverbs 5 and verse 15 says, Drink water from your own cistern. That's good advice. And we're not talking about water. And running water from your own well. Should your fountains be dispersed abroad, streams of water in the streets, let them be only your own and not for strangers with you. Let the fountain, let your fountain be blessed and rejoice 
with the wife of your youth. And then it goes on to talk about that other stuff we already talked about. All right. Notice the language here in this passage. The man here is compared to a fountain, whereas a woman is compared to a well. With a fountain, how many know there's not much effort to get some water out of the fountain? All right. It comes out pretty, it comes out nice and easily. But with a well, you've got to, you've got, that's the word I'm looking for. You've got to draw that water out. You've got to draw it out. Men, we understand this. That's why we joke around sometimes. What do men need? Show up naked with food. All right? Good to go. With women, not going to work that way. With women, it has to do with a drawing out. It has to do with, uh, uh, it, it has to do with drawing out a woman's passion for the sexual relationship. And it comes more through romantic and emotional things and not just sight. And so men should understand women. Women should understand men. Both of us, this will help tremendously. Okay? Uh, you know, when it comes to the other side, I didn't mention this, but I think women should, should be aware of, and I can't, I'm not going to put a figure on this because I think there's, they're not all right, but you should be aware that probably your husband thinks about sex a lot more than you do. Probably. The average male, you know, people put time limits on it. One person said, I heard men think about sex every three minutes. He said, I know that's not true. I've gone five minutes before. <laughs> However, whatever the number is or whatever that means, uh, understand the way he's wired. But men, if you don't understand the way your wife is wired, there's, there's going to be a disconnect in this regard to these issues. Okay? There was a book. I didn't ever, actually ever read it, but I saw the cover of a book. One time it said, it was called Sex Begins in the Kitchen. Some guys are thinking, that's kind of kinky, huh? <laughs> no, <laughs> that's not what it's talking about. But what I believe was the subject matter is that with a woman, it's more than just the actual physical contact and the physical relationship it has to do with other ways of relating to her that kind of get her fire going. And again, men don't naturally know this. <laughs> and women may not naturally know about the man. We think, well, why aren't they like me? They're just not. Do you want one like you? I think they do that these days. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, But since you wanna, wanted to be married to a man, learn what he's like. Guys, since you wanted a wonderful woman to be married to, learn what she's like and watch the blessing of God flow. Amen. We're given a lot of scriptures on these subjects. We're given a lot of direction. Let's not pass it over and say, well, that's not spiritual. Or I can't believe you talked about that stuff in church. I'm talking about where people live. All right. Well, where do I want you to? I, I don't really want you going to Oprah for advice. Hmm. I don't want you going to some other sex therapist. I'm not, you know, 
or, you know, counselor on the radio or something like that. I'm not saying I'm doing that. We're not getting into heavy-duty stuff, just light stuff, I think. Uh, I'm not saying there's not help in those regards, but we've got to go to the Word of God. We've got to let there be a standard in our lives where we get our information. And, uh, and so that's what church is about. Yay. Everybody good? Amen. Father, thanks for this time we've had together today. We do honor you. We value what you've said to us and what you've done to us. And we thank you for your help in every marriage and every life. I thank you for ministering life to every person here to help them in their relationships, marriages, on the job. I thank you for helping every single person with where they're at today. I believe that you're interested not only in our eternity, but you're interested in our today. And I thank you for helping us today with the things that we have need of. We trust you. We honor you. We bless you today. What a wonderful God. What a good God you are. Father, I do pray for those who've come to church today that are not right with you.